0: If you guys can bear with us, Fast Week is so wonderful, and a lot of things come out. So I I heard this uh, testimony this week that really, really ministered uh, to me, and I thought it ministered to you guys. David, if you can come up real quick, I I, I think I think this God's blessing. You got to get your jacket on, (laughs) yeah. I think this will really bless you. We, we was just having a conversation where he had called for something else. And we just, you know, we had, I don't know, we talked for, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes. I don't, I don't know how long it was. Had a great conversation. So I thought it was, you, you come on up here. Come hang out here. You know, just, you know, you know, so people can see you. But uh, just, just share with them, you know, just, you know, you know, if you can share it briefly kind of. Um, let the Lord use you. How about that? What we, we talked about.
1: <laughs> well, praise God. Uh, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I was talking to uh, pastor yesterday about how um, impactful um, Fast Week was. And, um, and my Fast Week actually started, um, the impact started for me last Sunday. And so right before, so let me see. So we've been coming here for four or five months now, approximately. Um, and Shonda started coming first. And... Um, her and my daughter, T.T., Tiana. And uh, they were telling me about the church and how much they enjoyed being here. And, uh, you know, prior to that, I hadn't been involved in church in, I think, a little over 10 years um, since I had uh, walked away from from God. And uh, so when they started attending, I was like, well, I'll go ahead and go. I don't know why this particular Um, church or time um, but it just seemed like it was the right time to do it and so came and visited and had a been uh, just having a great time since Um, so prior to that um, of course as we know you know we start attending church but you know the sin doesn't just fall off immediately you know we don't just walk away from all the sin right away but two things that happened recently about a month and a half ago um i was praying uh because i started you know you guys you guys are pressure salesmen around here um you got (laughs) this 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 whole morning intercessory prayer kept coming up every time i turned around and they're like well you're on the morning call you know um have you have have you have you joined the morning call yet Um, and so I, uh, I'm normally an early bird anyway. And I was like, well, let me go ahead and uh, get on the call and see what's going on. And I really enjoyed it. And I kind of split it up because they do, of course, the 5 AM to 6, um, intercessory prayer. And then at 6 AM, they start Bible study. Um, so I do the intercessory prayer portion, but then I go into, um, kind of a separate time of, um, prayer and Bible study, um, on my own, um, that God was leading me into, but During that time, um, I heard God telling me, you know, hey, um, I need you to stop drinking. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, uh, uh, I didn't really see what that was going to do um, because I didn't really feel like, at least at that point in my life, I didn't really feel like, well, how is drinking really – Impacting me negatively. How is it causing me to stay away from you or how is it causing any issues in my life or things like that? And um, I really couldn't think of anything, but I didn't really, you know, I was like, well, that's just what I heard. So That's just what I'm gonna do. Um, I told Shonda about it and uh, Shonda was like drinking like if anything I would think God would tell you to stop smoking and uh, um, And I was like, yeah, me too. I don't uh, I don't know what's going on, and uh, I said, but this is what I was led to do, so I'm just going to leave it there. She was like, all right, and I mean, it must have came up probably three or four more times, Um, and, you know, she's like, you sure it was drinking? Like, because the smoking thing, it's still a problem, Um, and and I was like, that's what I heard. I said, and I don't know about the smoking. I said, I've been smoking for a long time. I said, "Um, God's really going to have to help me with that one. Um, I said... uh, I've quit before many, many years ago. And uh, you know, it's challenging. Um it can be it, it can be difficult for anybody. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm probably the only person who's ever had an addiction, but um no. but you know, from let me just explain how it goes, but it it's hard sometimes. Uh but anyway, so I, I, I stopped drinking and uh you know I I still kind of prayed and kinda asked God like what does this kind of have to do um, with anything, really? And, uh, and it was just, you know, he was just showing me that it was just part of the process. And so when it comes to sanctification, when it comes to being redeemed, when it comes to being changed, when it comes to being transformed, all of these things are part of a process that we go through. And throughout that process, when we were talking about um, the message that he gave me and my wife for Fast Week was Arrested in the Spirit part of being arrested in the spirit that process you know there's some things that he reveals to us that he wants to remove from us and we may not always understand the complete um reason why he's pulling those things from us but i you know in in many cases i don't even i don't believe that god necessarily has to explain himself to us you know um god is like i know everything i'm all powerful i'm, I'm this and why are you questioning me of all things Um, And so uh, being obedient is extremely important. And so that was one of the things that I've really been trying to practice um, in coming back to God. And so, you know, I stopped drinking. We went on about our way. And uh, Sunday, last Sunday morning, before I came to church, um, I was praying that morning and uh, I really felt like God was leading me um, to quit smoking. And uh, he was like, hey, that smoking thing is coming. So I just need you to be ready because I'm getting ready to ask you to walk away from that. And, uh, and I was like, all right. I said, but just understand that one, I don't want to quit. So I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want to quit yet. Um, I wasn't ready to quit. I hadn't made it up, up in my mind you know, that that was my time or anything like that, I was just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'll am i get there eventually, but I wasn't ready yet. Um, and uh, I was like, I don't want to quit yet. Um, I said, so, if we're going to do this, um, I'm really going to need your help. I said, um, I, you know, I'm going to need your help through this process. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know if this is going to be a gradual thing or an immediate thing, but I'm going to need your help. And so that morning before... Um, I left to come to church I really just started feeling like you know this might actually be my last cigarette and so I smoked two um and uh and, and I uh I came to I came to church and uh you know uh you know, I'm just being transparent. I know I'm not the only crazy one in this church. Uh, but um, I came to church and uh, uh, I couldn't, the spirit was just on me. And I, I didn't really understand what was going on. But it was like everything from the time that we started um, intercessory prayer before the service to the time going into praise and worship. It was like the spirit was just extremely heavy. And um, and I I didn't know what he was trying to do. I just was trying to prepare myself because I knew something was about to happen, but I, I really didn't have any idea what it was. And, um, and then Pastor Melanie started singing uh, My Help. Um, the song My Help comes from the Lord. And when she started singing that song, I knew that was the answer to my request. I knew at that moment he was saying, you know, you asked for help to quit? Here it is. And, and during, while the song was being sung, I literally felt like, it, it's hard to describe it, it felt like a hand just swiped across my chest. But it was inside my chest because I could feel like my lungs were cold, like... Um, like almost like uh, you you take one of those uh, eating like a thin mint or, or something like that where it gives you that that whole breath of fresh air that you know that kind of thing. That's what it felt inside my chest, and I kept breathing, and I'm like, something is something's different about my breathing even, and. Um, And I still didn't fully understand what was going on. And I'm just like, wow, if this is, this is really interesting. I don't know what that is that's going on in my lungs. But um, I said, if uh, I know that if it's God, um, it's just going to continue. And, uh, and it just, as the song went on, I just still felt that, that coolness in my chest. And then um, right after that, uh, they started singing yes, and then Pastor was talking about um, you got to just say yes sometimes. Sometimes you just got to say yes. You got to say yes. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, all right, I guess yes. I said, you know, because I, I felt like he had already done the work. He was just waiting for me to get on board. So he's like, look, you, you were worried about the addiction. Now that that's gone, are you going to choose? Are you going to make a decision that this is what you're going to do? Because, again, God always gives us a choice. He doesn't just put his, put his demands and he doesn't just say this is what you need to do, but he gives us a choice in his love and in his grace. And he's like, but, I, but that's the thing. It's like I've already done the work. I, the healing is there. So either you're going to walk in it or you're not. And um, it's like me and my wife uh, talk about all the time, one of the um, young ladies ministered and she was watching the video and we were talking about it and she was like, either you gonna trust God or you're not. And I'm not sure who it was, but we say that all the time. Anytime something comes up and it's a challenge for us or we're concerned about what may happen or this or that, we always look at each other and we're like, either we gonna trust God or we're not. Um, it's it's not much more complicated than that. If he's asking us to do something, then he's going to provide a way for it to happen. If he's asking us to go somewhere, he's going to give us transportation. If he's asking us to give, then he got to give us some money. Uh, whatever it is, he's saying that, you know, he's there. And so when I said yes, I was like, well, that was it. I, I knew that that was the completion of the work um, that he had done. And of course, the rest of the time, I was just like, I I felt like I was just crawling out of my skin, but, um, but I just wanted to share that with you. Um, like I was telling pastor, it was just an amazing experience. Um, I got home and I was still trying to, you know, just kind of wrap my mind around all of it. Um, but just wanted to say the praise team, y'all just keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep hearing from God. Keep ministering what it is that he's placed on your heart to minister because you have no idea the impact that you're having, not just on those in here, but on television or listening to you or whatever the case may be. But just keep hearing from God. Um, It is absolutely a blessing. Thank you.
0: All right, so today we're going to talk about real vision. Um, The Lord said he wanted to prepare us ending the year, going into next year, we're talking about vision um, since we're going to be getting set again for God's vision for us for this year. so And God, God gave the... Uh, Lord, I decrease that you may increase, all of you. I, God gave the, the angle of real vision because sometimes we may think we're operating in vision or God's vision, but we're not. Sometimes we... Uh, we may feel that we're right in God's pocket, but we're not. Um, sometimes we may be in, um, um, we could be in success. Sometimes we could be in comfort. Sometimes we can be in better than before. Um, but we still are not having totally locked into God. So we're talking about vision. Vision is something to look forward to. Um, Keyword, look forward to. You're seeing ahead, Right? Uh, we, me and my wife, we've been married 28 years, known each other for 29. We met October 18th, 1992. And so we're still the best of friends. We, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier this week. Actually, uh, Dennis has said, she says, uh, uh, Pastor Mel is your best friend. She's perfect for you, right? Um, and uh, it's true. And so she is my best friend. And, you know, we work together, we spend a lot of time together, we interact together, we drive together, you know, we walk, talk, and uh, have fun together, we run around the house together, we pick with each other, we misunderstand together. Like, so we do a lot of things together, so, well, what's, what keeps us going? We always got something to look forward to. Like, like you know, most of the time if there's a funk in a, in a, in a marriage or in a relationship, it's a vision deficiency right? It's mo- normally uh, things get into out of whack or disharmony or out of agreement. That's why a lot of us struggle to get in a relationship because some of us have never been a part of a team. Some of us that's grown up the only child we never had to share. We never had to consider nobody. Um, some of us, we, we have to be in control. So it's hard to harmonize with people. But but vision is what kind of brings us together. And, and this is the thing. Um, we were talking about... Uh, Uh, God talk yesterday. The Lord had me uh, facilitate yesterday. The guys asked me to facilitate, and I taught on. Don't tell me. Uh, I knew somebody's gonna tell me. Um, I just like you. You know, I'm getting old. I gotta use my memory. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, It's uh, a. Let's see. Hold on. Stagnation allergies. Yeah, stagnation allergies. So how, how our, our, our design, who we are, is allergic to stagnation. And so, you know, you, you have something called anaphylactic shock. And what happens is, is like, you, you have an allergic reaction, it, you can't breathe. Like, you can't breathe, it can shut your whole body down. You could die. And so, so a lot of times when we stay in certain places too long in our life that we are okay with, we are, our, our, our inner man goes into shock and we're shut down. And so, could I share what you shared? Yeah, so I was talking to James earlier this week and he said he, he the VA, he went to the VA? It's just like a regular checkup or? Yeah, so he went to the VA, you know, because he's military, so he went to the VA, they got, they got benefits, right? And so he goes to the VA and, and they, was, they, they asked you questions, right? So they asked him questions and the result was severe, yeah, severe depression. So he's looking at them, which we probably would have because, you know, James is, you know, the life, the life of the party, right? You know, Joe, he's diligent. He ain't sitting around the house. Like, he ain't sleeping all day, is he? Right? He's constantly, he's on the move. He's doing like, you know, you know, James, I think, is Jamaican. He got like 17 different jobs. <laughs> right? But you would never say depression. And so he's looking at them like, you I need to go back and reassess this. They said, no, based on how you answered these questions, underneath, they didn't use these words probably, but I'm, I'm going to use them, like underneath the layer of, of your, the, the life you're living is severe depression, right? And so, 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 so I thought back, yeah, I used to walk into church, I, I, I worked at a church for 12 years, went, we went there for 18, and when I would walk in, the secretary would be like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why are you asking? Like, you're okay? And then because of Jersey in me, I would go, what are you trying to say? You know, because my thought process was I'm either about business or I'm just cracking jokes and having joy. But I'm never sad. The Lord took me back to that after you talked. He said what she saw was underneath depression. And my wife used to say, she says, you know, we used to, we used to talk about stress one day. She was, I was like, well, you know, thank God I don't get stressed. She said, yes, you do. I said, babe, I don't come on. In this house, I'm the dude that, bring it. I'm not stressed. She says, I, she says you stress when it comes to finances. I said, come on, bad. You know, I'm a soldier with getting finances done. She says, I can tell when we're dealing with finances because you sleep restlessly. I was like, for real? See, I don't know. I'm asleep. But, she, but she's like, you moving all over the place. Right? So, so what am I saying? I'm saying like, when we're in certain levels of complacency, uh, we spiritually die sometimes in complacency. So, so really what happens is we're, we're focused on accomplishments, not fulfillment. And so, we, we can spiritually die in the complacency of accomplishments. You know, because we, you know how we keep busy? So, we're doing stuff, but we're not fulfilled, right? Right? as uh, uh, David was talking about being obedient. All right? so let's go to Habakkuk 2. And I, I, David, you said, I'm trying to get this right, you said that there's, so when God, when you start coming to the kingdom, the sin don't go away, but you said God starts to now prepare you for what he, he pretty much planned. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And you said, so a lot of times when he asked you, so when the drinking came up, you're like, What well, does this have to do anything. But you was basing it on presently what was going on, but God was giving you what was going to get you ready for where he was taking you, right? Right? Kind of close? Okay, good. All right, so it's powerful testimony. So let's go here to Habakkuk. I'm not there. I should have, instead of been talking, I should have went there because, you know, Habakkuk ain't one, you know, ain't one of those easy chapters to find, right? Easy books to find, rather. Where is it? What page? Before who, after who? Rebecca. Uh, I was playing, y'all. All right, Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, right? And we've uh, visited this scripture a lot here at this church. Uh, so, Rebecca 2, verse 2. Well, let's start at verse 1. says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see. Keyword. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready. Standing upon my watches, I'm getting ready, eh? I'm ready. I'm alert. I'm attentive. It says, and I will watch what? I'm attentive what? To see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Repro- so this man of God understands I'm, 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 I'm prepared to look for what he has to say to see if I'm actually in the, in the position I'm supposed to be in my particular life right now. So, so I'm ready to be reproved. Because there may be things that I'm okay with, but he's not pleased with. You understand what I'm saying? Right? So, so, so I'm okay with that because I want to be in his perfect will. Remember, we did a teaching, the perfect will of God? I want to be in his perfect will, right? And then, so, so verse two, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. It says, For the vision is yet for appointed time. Vision has an appointed time. It says, but at the end, it shall speak, express itself. It shall not lie. It'll be exactly what you're supposed to do, not what you think. Though it tarry, look, look like it's taking a while, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, I know on Wednesdays we've been talking about God keeps his promises. We can also say the vision God gives you is coming. Right? Okay. Now, but 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 while we start, you know, uh, we've talked about this. First Corinthians 13. It might be in my notes. I'm not sure, but you know, uh, now I'm looking through a glass darkly, but then face to so, face. So it's kind of like a, a cloud. First Corinthians 13:12. Right? It's a cloud. Right? It says. It says. But then uh, it says, now we know in part, but then we'll know even as we're known. You know, now I'm looking through a glass darkly, but then I'll see face to face. I I, I reversed it, but that's what it's saying. So it's saying when I look through a glass darkly, like looking in a mirror when you're coming out of a a shower. It's foggy, you know, but then eventually it clears up and you can see face to face. So he's saying in our life, being born in this world of sin and iniquity, uh, we start out and we see in part. The second part of that verse says I see in part, right? I'm not clear yet. So that's what restricts me sometimes because it's not clear. It's like there's flickers of what I'm supposed to do. There was an impartation, right? There was a revelation. There was a communication. There was an exchange. I saw a movie. You know, there's all these little pieces. Remember, we talked about picture and pieces uh, a couple years ago. There's all these little pieces. So he's saying that, that, that now when you get this vision, you have to write it down, make it plain that they can run with the read of it. So vision is not just individualized, right? It's about others, right? So it's not, it's not something that's private. And that's the tough part. When I first started casting vision in my house, the Lord gave me the vision for the house. I got to share with the house. So God's telling me what? Something that hasn't happened, right? To share with these people that's living in the here and now. So I'm risking what? When I share it, if it don't work, man, this spiritual fool, what are he talking about? So I had to be willing to look bad. So So especially for the leaders and the visionaries of their homes, we got to be willing to look bad, right? So this is the thing. What he was saying was see it, be it, and share it. See it, be it, and share it, right? See it, be it, and share it. So this vision has an, a, a point in time. So, so we know this, and we, we talked about this in, in um, I Keep My Promises. We talked about how uh, to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose, right? So uh, you're in the twos and governors, what? To the appointed time of the father. So, so purpose has a, a time appointed. But accomplishments and things that we do have seasons attached to them. They're subject to change. But purpose is, is, is earmarked for a time. So you go through seasons to get to purpose, right? Does that make sense? All right, so... Key, key, key thing here is he says, I'm going to watch and hear from God. So that means there's a communication from God that has something to do with vision, right? Not just how I feel. Not just I was watching the news. Not just I was talking to my girlfriend and she started a hair salon and I, I think I'm going to start a hair salon too. Right? Not just I was hanging out with the fellas and they, hey, hey, everybody, everybody buying Bitcoin, man. Everybody get big. It didn't say that. It says it comes from God. So vision is in harmony with God and his word. So let's say I'm confused about if this vision is right. Does it line up with God's word? Does it contra- contradict God's word, right? Because that's going to determine if it's genuine or real or if it's just fake vision, right? So God has been giving us advanced information for a long time. Remember in, what uh, is what's this, 2021? 2019 was our eighth year, right? And then that was the year of new beginnings, right? At the beginning of the year. That's when we moved to this building, right? right. So we had new beginnings. And we did it in the eighth month, didn't we? Yeah. But we, we didn't know that before the year started. Well, y'all didn't know we ain't had the money. <laughs> right? So, so, so God has been confirming his word, right? Giving us, what we talk about around here, advanced information. Um, but sometimes we've been too busy or too lazy to listen. And we run into circumstances and we go... Where did this come from? But God, I've been going to church, this, that, and the other. I thought you loved me. Why would this happen? And God is sitting there going, I gave you advanced information. I told you this was coming. You weren't present when the information was being communicated. Just look here, John 16, right? John 16. Again, we're talking about real vision because ultimately was causing the, uh, the, on, the, the stagnation or or, or as we were talking about some, some of the level of depression on the inside, is, is, is the life that we're living on the outside is not harmonizing with the vision that God's given us on the inside, right? And so, so after a while, what's going on on your inside show on the outside, right? You know, like, like, like you know, if you, uh, let's say if you drink for years, and you go, hey, ain't nothing wrong with me. Yeah, but you know there's something going on the inside, right? Like the person that's getting a, a, tra- a kidney transplant, it didn't happen that day. But see, but because you can't see it, you're not, like when you see stuff, like when you see that little, uh, uh, you know, y'all yeah, woman, y'all see like some type of pimple or blemish on your face, you take care of that right away. Or your hair, not right, right? You jump right on that, right? Why are you laughing, Tanya? Because it's true, right? Because you can see it, right? Because you wake up in the morning, you, what do you look at? In the mirror. But when you look, suppose you look into the mirror and you saw your kidney was, was corroding because of the drinking you probably would do something about it, right? Wouldn't you? It'd be scary at least, right? Ah! You know, like, like and that's probably, what we need mirrors like x-ray vision mirrors, like, you know, or what do you call them? Uh, what's the thing? Um, yeah, MRI mirrors. You know, so when you walk in, you be like, man, I got to get myself together. But you're getting yourself together from the inside out, right? So it won't just sneak up on you. Well, a lot of times, when we look in that same mirror, we'll see that, uh, Our our, our vision is being crippled. It's hurting bad. Hey, there's a bruising there. Right? And we need to correct our vision. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? We need to correct our vision from the inside. Right? And so, John 16, ah, where was I? I didn't even go there yet. Once again, running my mouth, I should have been turning to the scripture. Right? That's, That's the move. You know, when you're teaching, you talk and turn. You know what I'm saying? So, when you finish talking, you get right to the scripture. So I just messed up the whole protocol, you know, for the people that's on the ministry track, don't do what I just did. All right. All right. So John 16, 13, it says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth. Now the word truth there means final reality, reality, truth. If you see the word truth, always think reality. And within reality, think real, genuine, all right? All right. So the spirit of truth is come. It says, He will guide you into all what? Truth. That word truth again, what? Final reality. He'll, we can say He'll guide you into all reality. We can say He'll guide you into all real vision. It says, Well, He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that He shall speak. And look, look, look. And He will show you things to come. Give you what? Advanced information. Right? He's give you advanced information. Let's go to Proverbs 29, Minister Lamar's favorite scripture. I don't know if it's his favorite. I know he, he, he speaks about it a lot. So, so Proverbs uh, 29, verse 18. So, it says this, right? It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. So, again, when you think about laws, you think about boundaries, you think about standing in the place to flow with vision. Because the Bible says that there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace, a broad way that leads to destruction, Right? So, so, so you think about, it It says, so, so stand within the boundaries of your vision. You don't want to go outside the lines, right? Remember that teaching outside the lines, right? I, so Proverbs, uh, 2018 where there's no vision. Now another version says where there's no redemptive revelation, right? Right. You know, to be redeemed is, is, is the, the, the price is paid to keep you flowing and moving in vision, right? It says the people perish, Right. When it says the word says "perish," it's saying is made naked, stripped, right, right. So, so, so they actually they're not clothed in vision; they're stripped, right? Uh, you know. And we think about being stripped, especially when you're not prepared to be stripped. You think about embarrassment, right? Come say amen. Not <laughs> right. And, and 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 it says when the people perish, they make poor decisions and choices. So without vision, people make poor decisions and choices because they don't have the compass of vision to play off of. Right? So so we make decisions what? Based on how we feel. Based on what's popular. Based on what they say. Based on what's going to give us props. Based on what's going to give us significance. Based on what looked good. Based on what feels good. Based on money. Remember the teaching? Money said it was okay. Right? So as opposed to making it based on God's design for our life. Right? But it says he that keeps the law happy is he. The message says if people can't see what god is doing they stumble all over themselves right when they can't see what god was doing niv says where there is no 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 revelation people cast off restraint see when i have vision when i have a focus when i have a goal it restrains me from doing things that's gonna mess with where i'm going but if i have no goal I'm subject to do anything. See, I, see, something's restraining me. Guess what? Some of y'all uh, will go to bed early tonight. You know why? Because you got to get up in the morning. So the vision of going to work is restraining you from staying up all night. Some of us. Some of us going to stay up all night anyway because we're we going to be thinking. And it'll going be unproductive tomorrow. Right? But you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so when you have vision, it restrains you. God, God show, uh, he showed me in 1994, I was called the pastor. Then he started giving us a vision for uh, pastoring. And then in 2007, we came out here to get lost because God kept targeting Charlotte, right? Never been to Charlotte, but he had kept targeting Charlotte. So once we located Charlotte, we shared it with the pastor, this, that, and the other, we kind of shifted our flow. We used to get new cars every, every other year we changing houses. You know, we was at a, a church that taught prosperity. So everybody's just getting houses. We was caught up in keeping up, basically. Well, but I said, baby, everybody can do what they want to do. We ain't getting no more houses. We ain't getting no more cars. We're going to pay off what we have because we ain't taking debt wherever God sends us. But that means we must have believed what God was showing us, even though nothing looked like anything was going to happen. But now we, we started operating a new restraint because of what God said. Because we're playing off a vision, right? No matter what's going on, I can't do that, vision. Not, can't do that, vision. I can't do that, vision. No vision? Sure, why not? What's the big deal? What could it hurt? It could be hurting vision if you haven't been paying attention to what God is trying to tell you you're really supposed to do. It could be a good decision that puts you in the wrong place away from what God had planned. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And most of the time, you you if you ain't listening to God, you're saying no to vision. So that's where the, you know that uneasiness when you wake up? You know how you're going to work and you remember how you wanted the house and you got the house, but something on the inside still ain't right? And remember you said, when that went right, you said, I know what it is. I need a new car. So we went and got the car. And when you first drive, yeah, car, you know, uh, there's people coming out the parking lot that didn't see you and you delayed your movement so they could so they could see you, and then you happen to drive by. Hey, how you doing today? Just saying, what's up? You see my new car, don't you? Right? You, you remember that? But then when that wore off, you can care less when somebody sold your car. But you thought that was it. And then remember you said, I'm going to go on the shopping street, spring? But then you thought that was it. Then you said, oh, I know this. We're going to go on vacation. We can go someplace you never walked before. And remember you argued like the first half of the whole vacation? Y'all remember that? Oh, y'all remember that? Oh, you not oh, want to know. The Holy Spirit tell me your, your business, right? So, hey, I spent all this money to go on this vacation. And you know how you were sitting there going, we spent all this money on this vacation and we arguing? And, we, and I ain't speaking to you? But you on vacation. You can't even see the clear water because all you see is they're getting on your nerves. Right? Remember that? But that didn't do it. Then you say, you know, I need to move. That didn't do it. Then I need to go to a different church. That didn't do it. You keep doing these things. You, none of it's going to do it because... You're still showing up void of vision. Go on vacation with vision. See what happens. Boy, that water be sparkling. You be crying. We came out here. We went to Lake Norman. When we came out here, we sat on the swings. Now, this is, don't, don't laugh, but I just had an MP3 player, you know, at the time. That's all I was working with, you know. So I had... So we, I split the, the, the headphones, she listened to one, I listened to the other, you know, and we were sitting on the swings, you know, kind of lean my head over a little bit, you know, because we only had you know, the little earpieces, right? But I, I created, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, just like I do uh, 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 art, I, I love music, so I created a playlist and I mixed in all the things that were spoken to us in our life by all the men of God. Our life. Like, you are know, life. So, every vision that was spoken to us, but I had music playing, you know. Um, I, was, was, uh, I, I think I gave you all some of the songs, but uh, it's been a long time coming to whiners, where the change is going to come, right? You know, uh, 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 what is it? Could it be you saved the best for last? Whine is and perfected praise, right? right? You know, so just, we, we just listened to that stuff and crying in tears, you know. Why? Because we was on vacation with vision something to look forward to and that's what that's what keeps us going even when we get to a goal like do you think God has a vision that you are really going to totally arrive at in this earth right no 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 when you get there keep looking God got more exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think is what the bible says right? All right so so with that in mind look at 1 Corinthians 2 right 1 Corinthians 2 trying to get us stirred up as we get ready for what God has for us in the upcoming year. First Corinthians 2. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. This month? All 1 right, Corinthians 2 verse 9. It says, uh, but, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Okay? That love him. Now, it says if you love him, you're keeping his what? Commandments. Right? So, not I love God and I'm saying it. That don't even work for us at the house. You know, so, Shayla, you married? How long you have been married now? It ain't been that long. Two years? It's been two whole years? Boy. Y'all made it? There. I'm just like, <laughs> all right. But, so let's say Maurice says he loves you, never comes home. You know, he don't do nothing you ever ask him to do. Did you take that as love? You're looking for cross actions, right? Same thing with God. So, so it says, I have not seen nor ever heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So God has something prepared for all of us that love him. He has something prepared for you guys, right? It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yea, look, the deep things of God. Remember, he'll show you things to come. Right? He's even showing you what God has prepared for you. All right, let's go to Hosea 4. Well, I'll just give it to you just for the sake of time. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, right? For lack of knowledge. This is because thou has rejected knowledge. Right? Now, the knowledge is the pieces to the puzzle or the pieces to the vision. So my people are destroyed for the lack of the pieces to their vision. Right? They, they're perishing because I'm revealing to them pieces all the time, but they're, they're ignoring my pieces because they're only looking for what's comfortable for them. But some of the pieces aren't comfortable. He just, the, the, the testimony, he just gave a testimony. He said, I didn't want to stop smoking. But the peace that God gave him, the knowledge God gave him wasn't comfortable, but he would never see what God has planned, which I have seen, if he didn't accept that peace. Some of y'all doing the same thing. You're you're discarding things that you think is okay. Eh, I'll get to that. That's what he said, remember? Eh, I'll get to that. No, 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 no. Now. Now. See, see, you want it now, but you don't want to yield to the pieces. All right, so, so just think about it. Look, he said, because you're you're ignoring my pieces, this is what God says. For everybody says, God loves me, no matter what. He says, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Look, I will also forget thy children. That's Bible. That's not what I said. What kind of God's going to do that? A God that's giving you the choice to submit to his word, keep his commandments, listen to his direction, since he designed you, since he gave his son to die for you, since your life is not your own, you've been bought with a price, glorify God in your spirit and in your body. So what kind of God would do that? A God that says, I did my part. I'm just asking you to trust me to finish it. Be confident in this very thing that he's begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1.6. So God is not true. Well, so, so this oh, this is what gets me. We choose to do something that we know ain't right, and we have this line. We talked about this at the uh, the the uh, midday, the Friday twelve o'clock fellowship over there in the uh, in the fellowship hall, the fellowship in the fellowship hall, right? All right. So we were talking about they 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 were going through First Corinthians five, talking about judgment. And we were talking about the word judgment because we throw that around. So as soon as somebody address your behavior, you go, don't judge me. But they're not judging you. You know, they're actually just assessing what they see. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 so I, I was thinking to myself, and I might have shared it, I just think it's amazing how we choose to do something. We, it causes us craziness, but we're mad at all the other people for reacting to our craziness. Instead of saying, hey, I did the craziness, I'm going to embrace the consequences. Some people are going to alienate me. Some people, are, uh, they're not going to be sure how to talk to me because they don't know if I'm so hard and compromised, if, if I open my mouth to them as a Christian, they're going to snap with the, don't judge me. So since all I have is the truth, maybe it's best I don't talk to them until they have some clarity. But they ain't going to say that. They're going to be like, oh, so you treat me like, I'm treating you like, you, you, you get, still getting to do what you want to do? I know somebody that didn't want to participate in the things of God. Try to encourage them to participate, didn't want to. Then when they didn't, we, uh, well, you, well, you, it's not fair. You don't want to be in harm's way, so you don't do this no more. Well, why are they doing that? You're still going to do what you want to do. Right? So you should be happy. There, every, there should be no depression in the room. Everybody's doing what they want to do. There should be, when somebody speaks to you, you'd be, hey, man, how you, hey, man, what's up, man, how you doing? It should be excitement. It shouldn't be, hey, what's up? How you doing? Or or, or running past people. You can't talk to people. You should be the most excited person in the the room because you're doing what you want to do. But there's something about what you want to do that's still not fulfilling you to a point of joy overflowing. Right? So maybe you might want to think about doing something else. Your measure should be that joy coming out of you. Right? Not that funk. Get the funk. Anyway, I'm not going to say nothing crazy in the church. All right, so, so this is the thing. We must have clarity or reality of vision to really operate in the peace that we want. We must have clarity or reality of vision. All right, So this vision must be unobstructed by illusion. Illusion is the opposite of reality. So this vision must be unobstructed by illusion. And, and, and going forward... We can no longer live in make believe or versus vision belief. So, a lot of times we live in make believe. Okay, so, so you guys being nice, but you around friends, y'all hanging out, and, and, and you hang out all the time. You say you close, but you know they're in fantasy world. They're in make believe. Everything that comes out their mouth is make believe. And, and you, you, you want to say it, but you're like, like everybody has decided. Well, you know, they just, nah, that's how they are. You know what I'm saying? That's how they roll, man. They they ain't never been in reality, (laughs) you know. But we can't live in make-believe. We have to live in reality. And and this is the thing about us. We're so prideful. We can be in make-believe, somebody can tell us, and we fight. But measure the results. It don't take that. Listen, it doesn't take that long to produce fruit. It don't take 20 years to produce fruit. So there's nothing wrong with going, hey, this is not manifesting fruit. This is not manifesting joy. So I'm going to have to revisit this. There's nothing wrong with that. But but our stubbornness says, "If, if this doesn't work, then what they were saying was correct. What's wrong with maybe they were? Don't you want to be fulfilled? Who cares if they're correct or not? But it's like you think your only fulfillment is if you thought of it, you executed it, you came up. It's all you, you, you. But we're a body. There's nobody here that's going to be fulfilled alone. That's what the Bible says. It's not good for man to be alone, right? Let's keep that in mind. So we can no longer live in make-believe versus vision belief, making up our own realities and fairy tales. We can't do that. Uh, now, I'm not dogging nobody out, but uh, 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 Amelia, you talked about that, right? Amelia said she lived a life, this, now, this was, is this was on video, so. Uh, but she said she lived a life like when it got uncomfortable, she just changed who she was. You know, took on another character. Like, and then created uh, all the ancillary parts of the character. You know, so she's gonna be great with movies. Like, so in other words, so not only did she acted like a different person, this person had a different father, uncle, friend, cousin, and she would tell the story as if it's real. So after a while, when you're around her, you're like, you know, how's Uncle Pete doing? You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's still dealing with, you know, that illness, sickness. And there is no Uncle Pete. Right? Am I making this up? That's, that's exactly what she said. And she said, so, so she realized, like, or one time she was talking, another time she said, I just realized, I just be lying. You know, I'm just just saying stuff. You know, see, now y'all laughing as if she's the only one. You know some of us be reflex lying, right? You notice how some things you get amens, and people, amen. There's certain things, you know, nobody said amen. You know some of us be lying. You know that reflex line? You know, when they call you out, you be like, no, I didn't do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed, Ed, I appreciate you, brother. Ed's the only one to give amen. So, 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 because so, so, we're making up our own realities. Because once we, now we lied, now we got to come up with a story in our mind to justify the lie we just said. So I got a yep over there. <laughs> right? And, 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 and so, <laughs> we can't keep living out the TV and the movie false realities. Right? We have to, you know... We have to stop, stop and embrace our present reality. Mm. Basically, when we stop and embrace our present reality, we see the signs within the maze of chaos and uncertainty. So there's chaos and uncertainty because we're not living in reality. We're not being honest with ourselves. But within that maze, God is sending signs to get you out. Yeah. So we stop and embrace reality of where we are at the time. You know, like... like uh, at stages of your life, man, you, hear, you, you get hit with truth or reality, and it hurt, right? Yes. But I just used me. All right, so it hurt me. All right, and, and what happens is when these things happen, they normally catch you off guard because you'd be like, are well, we talking about me? I don't roll like that. Now, I've had these conversations with God, and one time he was talking to me about pride, and I was like, no one in, 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 in this earthly existence talks to me about pride or thinks I'm a prideful person. Like, you know how we say they? I'm talking to God, and I'm I'm bringing up they. I'm like, look, look, look. None of them say I'm in pride. I'm talking to God, though. (laughs) So, you might want to recheck your books. And then when he starts, so so, so what God does is, different from us, he ain't arguing with me. He's kind of like, okay, Cause he has the whole universe, you know. He ain't got no time to be uh, messing around with me. But then when he's walking away, he's like, "Guess y'all got to show him. <laughs> I got, I got other things I got to do." Yeah, I thought we could just get him on phase one, tell him the truth. He embraced it, but I guess he's gonna have to see. Now, 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 each level of of of, of what it takes for us to see, sometimes it can be uncomfortable. If it's uncomfortable, that's fine. You don't want it to cross over where it's painful and then cross over into traumatic. But I'm going to tell you right now, like David said today, some of us are going to wake up and embrace reality. So as a man of God, my confidence, I don't have to strive with you. You're going to embrace reality. I think we take the time. I know me and Pastor Mel, we take the time I've had extra conversation, not to convince you to do what we want to do. We don't want to see you go through that pain. But it's coming. And so, we don't have to be right. That's, the, that, that's not the goal. The goal is for you not to go through pain. Any any loving parent don't want to see their child go through pain. Because you're going to feel it, right? You know, you're going to feel it. Like, you know, my son has gone through stuff. Like, man, a part of this is I ain't want you to go through. Another part of it is I ain't want to feel this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how God is. So, I actually... He took me to stuff where I got punked and realized, oh, I am prideful. And I had to get rid of it. What you got to get rid of? All right, so, so, so okay, uh, in this maze, we'll start to see. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I shifted that quick. All right, in this maze, we'll start to see, in this maze of uncertainty, these signs. Um, the frustration we're experiencing is this, the shelf life of delusion. So some of us have been frustrated. Like, I'm talking about when you're by yourself. I'm not talking about what you present in front of others. When nobody's around, you've been frustrated. Well, that frustration is, is the shelf life of delusion. Because we've been delusional. It has a shelf life. So, you know, you can live in delusion for a while, right? You know, delusion is de- defending the illusion, right? right. There's, there's one thing to see wrong. There's another thing to defend it. And then they'd be cutting people in the, in the process. So, so, but that has a shelf life. And that's when you start to feel things on the inside. Your body starts breaking down. You start getting sick. You, 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 you know, you start to develop, uh, uh, they have this disease called snapback. Y'all hear it? Y'all never heard of the disease? Snapback. snapback. You never heard of snapback? <laughs> when you keep snapping back, <laughs> you know. <it's, laughs> Yeah, at least I haven't heard of the, it was a disease, but I relate. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're just snapping back because, you, because now you're, 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 you're reaching a self-life of what's going on on the inside, right? You're reaching a shelf life So God is saying, wake up, it's time to embrace truth, uh, my reality. Scripture says, you shall know the truth, reality, and the truth is, is what frees you, right? Right? And that's John 8.32, and so, so, so what God is saying is, let's, hey, hey, he's saying, hey, stop. Stop all the, stop, stop, stop. So you, you ever, when your kids come and they talk to you and you know they did something wrong and they're making excuses, if you got time, you, you, you let them finish, right? Okay, so now uh, let's talk about the truth. But if you don't have time, what's, what's your flow when you don't have time? Stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> we already know he's dealt with this, right? But, but it is. It's kind of like, stop, just stop. You know, like, you ever talk to somebody? You'd be like, listen, man, just stop, 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 stop. Come on. You don't even believe what you just said. <laughs> you, you haven't had those conversations? Well, God's having that with us today. You know what God's saying? Stop, man, stop. Like, come on, man. I was talking to this person and I really revered and respected and, 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 and uh, learned a lot from the person. But in this particular conversation... God told me in advance, oh, no, we got to deal with truth. So even though because of your reverence, you just kind of roll with it. I'm not going to say nothing. He said, you can't do that this time. So this is the line he gave me. Come on, man. This is what the Lord said. Now, I would have never said this to this person in any other conversation, but the Holy Spirit gave me permission. The whole conversation, you would hear me go, come on, man. Come on, man. And then I would give, like, the reality. God's saying that to us today. Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. You know that ain't right. You know that ain't the truth. Let's wake up. So what he's asking us to do is look in on the signs revealing the purpose, purpose. I'm sorry. Looking on the signs revealing our purpose destination. Because, we, we, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? So God had a plan for us. And he ain't off of his plan. And he's saying, okay, that's nice. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, let's look at where you, where you should be, where you can be, and where I desire you to be. No, 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 don't worry about it. I've called you and I'll also do it. Oh, you can be confident. I've begun this work, i perform performing in you. I just need you to yield to me. Right? That's what he's, so, so that's what he's asking us to do. And this is the thing. But for us to look in, we have to... Uh, we have to be in reality to yield to what God is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So we have to start kidding, stop, stop kidding ourselves. Stop coming up with the, um, the excuses. You know, excuses are the tools of the weak and incompetent, which build monuments of nothingness. And those who specialize in them are seldom capable of accomplishing anything else. I got that pledging, but, you know, it fits, right? Right? And so, so if you're not in reality, you're not present. And if you're not present, you're not going to hear God. So you can't yield. You can't take up your cross, as you always talk about in the Scripture. And you can't embrace the truth. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Again, we're talking about real vision. And we'll spend a couple of weeks. Hopefully, when the, when the weeks are over, it'll, it'll clear some cobwebs, open us up to actually now picking up... Uh, uh, picking back up rhythm in God's vision, right? So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, but I'm going to read out of the Amplified, okay? It says, For we, believers, will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, look, goals, motives, look, the use or misuse of his or her time, opportunities and abilities. And see, so we always look at judgment as, you know, uh, just were you righteous or sanctified or not, but you're here for a purpose. And you were given a body to fulfill that purpose. And you were given gifts to operate in that purpose. And so so imagine a judgment where God is going, would you do anything you were there for? You know, so I send you out, I give you these resources, right? I put you in a place. I give you homes, cars, resources, and all that. All you got to do is fulfill this job. And then you're chilling. You use the resources for something totally different. So I come back to see if what I set you up for has manifested you are no way on the radar that, that that that's that's what the scripture's saying so so we have to so when it talks about this are we awakened to our god opportunities are we redeeming the time you know the scripture says redeem the time buying up the moments maximizing our moments and this is the thing it's hard to maximize moments uh, Ephesians 5, 15, 15 to 16 it says walk circumspectly be intentional and then it says redeem the time or buy up your moments But you can't buy up moments that you can't see. You see what I'm saying? Or recognize if you're blinded or distracted. So there's there's moments. There's there's moments that, that, that are set up for you to go to another level. But if you're impaired and blind, blinded, if you sleep at the wheel, you'll miss a moment. Then you'll find yourself because what was soothing you wears off. And when what was soothing you, whatever vice, wears off, now you're awakened to feel uh, uh, empty on the inside, not knowing you missed the moment. And look, normally we look up at God and go, I don't understand why this is happening. And God's going, I sent you the moment. I sent you the way, I sent you the door. In the midst of that maze, I gave you a sign and a signal, a way out of that craziness. Hold on, let's look on the map. Ho, ho, just 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 hold on, man. Just hold on. Well, according to the GPS, what are you doing there? you missed like seven moments already. What was you doing? Oh, don't get mad at me. Cuz you were asleep at the wheel. Right? And 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 so so <laughs> Vision is the advanced exposure of God, God's opportunities. So when God gives us vision, it's advanced exposure of His God's opportunities. To be more exact, vision is advanced exposure of purpose decisions. So God opportunities and purpose decisions are different than normal opportunities. You know, you get opportunities in life that mm, you can feel a little good in the moment. You can get a level of success, you get a little promotion, get a little ducats. Oh, I'm sorry, ducats. That's low. People don't say that no more, do they? <laughs> I would just say extra money. Like <laughs> it's my bad. You get a little extra money, right? And, but, but, but the interesting thing is, like, was it a, a purpose decision, a God opportunity, or just an opportunity? Right? Is it fulfilling you to a point where you're fulfilling others? That was another one of those moments where it wasn't a whole lot of, uh, amen, hallelujah. I was watching a movie, uh, I believe it's called King Arthur. And in the movie, uh, this statement was made. Right, so, so the movie, he, he had to go through a process because he had to be, he had to pass the test to be ready to get victory in the kingdom or something. You know, something close to that. So when he went through this process, he, was, he had to go to a dark place, pass the test there, and get out. So when he went, when he came back, the person leading him said this. He said, did you see everything, or did you look away? So what he was saying is, stuff, I know some stuff came at you, but did you stay locked in to see everything, even in the midst of the crazy, or did you look away? Because what, what he was saying is, some of the things you looked away from, see, uh, well, I'm not a, a, a horror movie guy. I don't watch that stuff at all. And then I'm barely the guy that, I'm, that has the patience when I'm watching something and, you know, the music come on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then something about to happen, I, I'm, let's, let's get to it. You know, like I'm barely the guy that can wait for, you know, the person jumping out with the knife and stuff like that. Barely that guy. I'd do better with it, but when I was a kid, if it was frightening or looked like it was about to be, what would I do? I would look away, but who's to say it was going to be a negative outcome, right? I wouldn't know. I couldn't tell you what happened because I looked away, and so what the adversary does during this process, he tries to throw as much at us to get us to be tempted to look away. And while we're looking away, we're missing signals, right? We're missing signals. Um, and, and, and this is the thing. When we're going through the process, we're going through our tests and trials, we're all tempted to look away. or We're tempted to experience PTSD, you know, um, which in this particular is called block out reality. We're all tempted to block out reality. Because, you, you know, when you're going through stuff, what are you tempted to do? Just go to sleep. Pretend. You know, in some cases, some people smoke, drink, get in a stupor or whatever. They're just tempted to just pretend it away, ignore it. It doesn't go away because you ignored it. It's still there, right? And so, so uh, uh, my aunt had gave me this, uh, my Aunt Katina. Uh, the, the, uh, the author of this quote is Cheryl Richardson. It says, uh, if you avoid conflict to keep the peace, you start a war inside yourself. And so sometimes we're in situations we have to navigate through tough relationships. Right we have to navigate through tough situations, um but sometimes we'll just we'll just look away because we don't want to deal with the conflict to dig to get the treasure out right mm-hmm. and And so we create a war inside of ourselves because now vision is on the inside, going, what are you doing? We got to pass this test. We have to conquer this situation to get to where we're going so 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 Vision on the inside is not agree, agreeing with the actions on the outside. No, 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 no. You just got the vision is saying you got to read more. What do you mean you, you're not reading? What are you doing? Like, you got to go through the agony before it to be an ache and then amusement. What are you doing? You're not worshiping. You ain't going to church. You're not listening to them. Oh, they made you uncomfortable because they told you the truth. What are you doing? You got to embrace the truth. Don't look away. And so now on the inside, you ever walked away and you said, they're going to come at me like that? Forget them then, right? You know that line, right? Should been a little more amens because it's probably mostly all of us in the room, right? So, you know, you like, forget them then. But you ever sit around away from yourself for a, a period of time from that person and you just can't sleep or nothing because you know they told you the truth? but you just haven't been able to handle the truth. Amen. Thank you for the that's good and the amen. Uh, y'all acting like y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe because you're experiencing it right now. But, but what I'm saying is, what God is saying, don't look away. Don't run. Right, Embrace it. Pass that test. Vision is going, man, what are you doing? And then now you're so stoic because you've, you, you've uh, resolved in your mind. I can do it without all the connections God is sending to me. And then you're trying to prove something that nobody in this world is designed to prove. That you can do it by yourself. We're not designed for that, right? And so, so, so don't allow the flesh to cheat you out of the spirit's thirst being quenched, right? Spirit's indeed willing and the flesh is weak. Um, so, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm end with we're gonna go to Hebrews 11 in Hebrews 11 for today. Uh, but before I go there, I'm gonna just, get, I'm gonna just reference these scriptures. So Ecclesiastes 8 through 11 says this. It says the eye is not satisfied with seeing, right? And so the Lord was showing me in that scripture that the eye is not satisfied with seeing. So so. The, the, eye is, the, the, the natural eye is lusting for blindness. And you, and you may say, no, it's not. Why are people getting in stupors all the time? They want to be blind to all the stuff they have to process through. You have a short, uh, either at a new job or a new school or new project, and it seems like so much. And you wish it could all just be lined up for you. But you got to work through that thing Put all the pieces of the puzzle together to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. You our lives are the same way. Sometimes it could be overwhelming, especially, you know, you go from high school to college. Everything's just new stages, you know. We first moved out here. I mean, all I had to do, keeping it real, working for the church, I just showed up. If I had to preach, I just showed up, preach. I didn't have to organize nothing or nothing. I just showed up, preach when I've done. We, we had the church was shaped, shaped like a stadium. I just walked out of the back tunnel, you know, it was shaped like a tunnel, and I went to my back office and I went home. That was it. I didn't worry about praise. I didn't worry about nothing. When we first started the church, I had to worry about everything. You know why? Because I was the cameraman, I was the sound man. And uh, for, for, for a couple of uh, discipleship classes, I was the audience. <laughs> Meaning there wasn't nobody else there, you know what I'm saying? So I would, I would, I would teach, do a take, go back, reset the camera because I'm talking to myself. There's nobody, else, nobody there. You know, then I would sound. Remember, I'd do the sound. Pastor, Pastor Mel would sing. I'd I do the sound. And then, then when she finished singing, I'd run up and preach, right? I didn't no office. My office was sitting back by the sound booth. You know what I'm saying? It was an adjustment. Oh, then you didn't know who was coming to church. See, if you ain't got nobody and people come late, you don't know they coming late because you ain't got nobody. So, so we was at this corner that if you, if you was going fast, you could drive right by the church. It was a dance studio. So what I would do is kind of play it off, walk outside, like just in case somebody came by. No, we over here. we over here. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's all these adjustments, and we stacking up chairs. Had to wait till they finished their party to stack up the chairs. Right, uh, uh, we scratched up our, our, our the Honda in the front because we had to, to bring the podium in the Honda and the chairs in the Mercedes SUV back then. And then you're trying to rush because you want to go to sleep because you got to preach tomorrow. So I would try to take you know six or seven chairs at one time, them black chairs that we got back there, right? I would try to take six and six, seven chairs at the same time. I didn't have to do all that at the other church. All I had to do is show up. So it's an adjustment. And you know what the temptation is? I remember mean, one day I was like, Lord, really? Like, so we just doing this. You brought us out here to stack up chairs. That's how we roll But regardless of how it looked, right? I couldn't look away. And so so so, yes, this walk and, and reading the Bible, going to church, uh, we, we got we got the the 5 a.m. prayer. You got the 6 a.m. Somebody was just talking about 6 uh I think it was David. You got the 6 a.m. Bible study. You got, the, you got the Wednesday service. You got guy talk and girl talk. All these layered learnings. And, but some of us are tempted to look away. And we may think, well, I'm not going to be investing all the time. We invest that time in a whole lot of other things that's not clear in our vision to see what's going to fulfill us. We're so caught up in, some of us work, we invest more in somebody else's vision at the job than we do in finding our vision from God. And then we're constantly going through the motions and at the house, it get kind of funky. You know why? Because it has a shelf life. When people come around you, they're designed to run with vision. They showed up for vision. If you're in a relationship, that person showed up for vision. No vision? The whole relationship is funky. See, it started out, it was about sex. But, you know, that has a shelf life. After a while, that wear off. Now, in the honeymoon stage, where wear off. It's like, oh, that's nice. You know, the, the, hey, you know going to, out to the woman to tell you, going out to eat, that's nice. Flowers nice, chocolate nice. But, you know, that stuff wear off, right? That ain't going to sustain a relationship for the next 10, 15 years. Okay, we're going to run and go on vacation. If if they're not going on a vacation with their friend, and we're not going on vacation to discuss our future together, not, yeah, once I do this, baby, this is what I used to do when we first, because I was pursuing so professional basketball. Hey, once hey, once we get here, we're gonna be fine. I ain't talking to her about our vision together. I'm talking about what my dream that I was too stubborn to let go because I had already committed to it. And she's like, now, where do I fit in this? Then I'm moving up the corporate ladder. So where do I fit? I accepted the call of ministry. I got less questions. I can answer more questions. You see what I'm saying? Vision is what, is, is what fit, thrills all of us. And so we can be in fantasy and denial because we don't want to, we looking away. When we don't want to walk in the spirit, we're looking away from what's in the unseen, what we're supposed to play off of and live by. I don't, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. That statement saying, I'm looking away from what I can't see. I'm not going to invest in trying to see outside of the natural realm. Let's go, Hebrews uh, 11, this, this is, this is uh, when we start uh, getting into clarity of vision and really see what God wants. This is going to help us because the Bible says God is requiring that which has been, what he already earmarked for our life in Ecclesi- um, Ecclesiastes 3.15, right? Uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? It says, faith is the substance That substance word means the essence or the reality of things hoped for. Faith, when you put on faith lenses, you see the reality of the things that you hope for. It's the evidence of things not seen, not visible to the natural eye, but visible to the spiritual eye. Uh, The amplifier says this, faith is the proof of reality. Faith is the proof of reality. And so sometimes when un- unable to cognitive, cognitively, I'm not going to get into it today, I'll get into it next week, um, you know, uh, something called cognitive impairment, you know, where we, we, we just can't process right, even in our everyday lives. And you'll, you'll, we'll find out next week that th- there's a way we can um, correct our vision. And it's not a punishment. And once you start to really see my son um uh, you know he's a former basketball player I think he was in high school and so we took him to the eye test and they said he needed glasses and he got contact lenses so he he, he the first day he's was, he was, I think he's wearing the contact lenses so the first day he's wearing them he's at the school shooting so he, he he comes either comes home or calls us he was like man I can really see man I can see man so so we asked him so what was you how was you making shots? I mean, he was, he was noted as a great shooter. So how was you making shots? He said, I was just shooting at both of the baskets. <laughs> and so, so we don't realize what we're missing, you know, until we get corrective lenses. And there's some spiritual corrective lenses. And if we lock into this real vision, especially as we're going into next year, you'll see what you've been missing. And now... Um, uh, you'll start to uh, feel that joy coming back, that excitement coming back, that rhythm coming back. And a lot of it is just a vision deficiency. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's stealing. We're not making it, uh, uh, it's not clear, it's not accurate. And so it's not, man, nobody wants to just go through the motions, man. I don't care who you are. And, and to prove it, that's why we, we, we get tempted with vices, to, to numb ourselves from the routine. Nobody even thinks about vices when they're fulfilled because their thirst is already getting quenched, right? Why would you? No one wants to be blind from what they're enjoying. They're trying to be, trying to be blind from what they're not. And, and they're, they're, they're communicating from a, like Millia said, she was uh, operating the different characters. You got different characters right in front of your face. That's giving you the excuse of why they're blinding themselves. And they're, and, and they're giving you every excuse, but I'm not fulfilled but that's why because then why would you do it I mean I'm I'm talk you talking to a person that did drugs and got high to extremes why did I do it to blind myself from the present reality I wouldn't have told you that at the time I would have gave you a whole lot of good lines of why I was doing stuff it's just what I do or this whatever I just gave you all types of stuff that wasn't true and so 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 yes I'm not at your house But I'm in your heart right now because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you like you got to sit back and ask yourself, why am I okay with blinding myself? Knowing that I'm missing signals to the vision that's going to help me be fulfilled. All right, stand to your feet. That's all for today.